Hey gems, welcome to another episode of Break the Mold Podcast. I'm your host Latanya and I also go by the name Lady L. I'm an image consultant and creative at her best style. Keep in mind that change is never comfortable. You are going to hear sensitive topics within this podcast. Some topics may resonate with your personal life. The topics discussed aren't meant to offend anyone. They are to bring personal healing and growth. In order to heal, you must first accept accountability for your role and be open and willing to hear the truth. Not the filtered truth, but the entire truth. Now understand when you're dealing with the truth, truth sometimes is never easy to accept, but it is the only way to get a breakthrough to your healing. This is why, again, I stress this podcast is for people who are ready for change. For people who are ready to deal with the things that may be holding them back and the sensitive issues we all face. You are not alone. We are all dealing with sensitive issues in our own walks. What you're hearing along with these topics someone else may have encountered or conquered. Life brings so many different situations. We've all had different experiences and we've all acquired different traits from the generations before us. So again, there are a lot of sensitive topics that we will discuss. Just be mindful and don't take anything personally. Don't internalize a lot of the information that you are hearing. If it resonates, recognize the issue and change it for the better. Don't internalize that you take it as a personal attack on you. If you hear a topic that resonates with you, look at it as God's way of bringing you to this topic so you can deal with it, heal from it, and conquer it. So you are no longer a victim to it and become a conqueror. If you hear any subject matter within this podcast and you start to feel attacked or you feel offended, Take a moment to pause the episode and tell yourself this is not personal and I should not be taking this personally. There, ah, excuse me. These are just tools to help me with what's really bothering me. And if the subject is really bothering me, then it is something that I need to be seeking help on. Rather it be in counseling or talking amongst positive peers and people who can genuinely help me to overcome this. I want my listeners to think of me as a big sister and we are having an intimate conversation. Because that is exactly what this is. If you and I were sitting in a room across from each other and you brought me an issue that was pressing on your heart, we would be having a discussion like this so that we can help you get to the bottom of the issue and heal. Again, I'm rooting for you all and let's get to the episode. So this episode will be dropping on my birthday. So when you guys hear it, this episode is going up on March the 16th. And I will be 41 years of age. This is such a pivotal birthday for me because it's not a milestone. You know, 41 is one of those eyeball ages that kind of like just hangs out there. But for me personally, it's very personal. This year is very personal. This decade, 40, is very personal to me. And um, I'll explain it further in this episode as we go along so I couldn't be more excited about this one I think I'm more excited about 41 than I was 40 I was excited about turning 40 as in entering the decade of 40 because I'm really excited about the 40s and since like I said the 40s are going to be very personal and 41 I think it's that one Because when you think of one, one is the start of everything. You know, when you do the cycle of numbers, you have zero and then it goes to one. So that's how I looked at it. I feel like zero was that time frame that got me into the decade. So 40, I'm in there. Okay. 41, one is the start of a brand new beginning to me. And I keep saying new beginning, new beginning. And I'm going to explain that new beginning to you. Why I keep saying that. Sorry, I had to write it down. So I was, I definitely want to explain that part to you guys. I'm so excited about what's to come. And I'm going to explain the reason for it all. So I'm titling this episode, The Biggest Life Lesson I've Learned. You know, I've been blessed to see four decades on this earth. As I look back on my life. 
and what has recently happened since the pandemic a lot of people unfortunately have not had the privilege to make such a decade and then when i look at the 50 decade there's so many people who are losing their lives in just the 50s that's a conversation alone that honestly i recently just had with someone on like why when people aren't making it throughout their 50s and i think we might touch on it just a little bit in this episode so um things to start maybe looking a little bit more clearer to you guys But I'm going to start here. The biggest life lesson I've learned is to align yourself with others that value and honor the light you carry. Now, when I look back at my journey of life, I always was passionate about a few things and, and that never changed with me. Passionate about fashion. I used to create fashion catalogs. I used to Started off doing closet organizations, believe it or not, at age 12. Why? I, at the, that time, I didn't know why I did that. But that was something that I loved to do. And um, I loved music. Loved, loved, loved everything about music. Um, I still have the notebooks at my parents' house in the binders. Music lyrics, music information, like you name it. Posters, this, that. I, I wanted to learn everything I could about music. At one point, I wanted to be a music video director. (laughs) I did. And it's probably in my yearbook, which I don't have because that was destroyed in Monster Fire. But it probably says in there like future music video director because that's something that I really wanted to do and pursue. At the time, because music videos were a thing, thing, thing. Not saying they aren't a thing now, but they back then we watched those on mtv we watched it on bh1 we saw it on bet you know like music box there are so many different stations you could catch music videos on and they were really a thing back then because of the production that went into it and you know like i've always been interested in talent and discovering talent and not even just so much for me the discovery part of it it's just getting in on the creative side of helping the talent like that was something that was always interesting to me that's why I said hmm I kind of like A&R I kind of like music videos because that was all that creativeness of birthing someone's vision it's like if you had a song and you wanted to put a visual to it or you know like a story in a visual I was so interested in that I mean even when I went to college um there was people who were involved in music. I got involved in with like, um, I had a roommate who sung and you know, like I would be like, girl, when you do your, your next show, you should do your stage like this or your stage presence, you know, like that. I even went as far as helping her get to ASCAP so she can learn more about her talent. And she got to go to New York um, from the ticket I bought her to go to ASCAP. And um, she got into a competition and won the Essence Music Festival. And then from there got a recording contract. And then her song is on the radio. Wow. So at that point, I knew I could do it when it came to music. If I could do that for her, and I did it out of the goodness of my heart. I was like, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in your talent. I think you got something different because she was classically tra- trained and I was different. And I was like, well, you're classically trained, but you have like an R and you like R and B music. We sit up here and we talk, we, we talk R and B all the time. We talk about the hit songs and different things. And I, I liked her voice. And so I just, as a friend, just wanted to see her win in that area so for her birthday one year, I said, you know what? I'm going to buy you this ticket <clears throat> to ASCAP. They came in the area. And um, I was a PR major at that time. So what I did was I put together a press kit for her. And we got her music together. And I said, we're going to go to the show. And we got another friend. They act as the manager. <laughs> and we had our stuff together. And I told this story, by the way, on Insta- on Instagram, but I took it down. And I'll tell you why I took it down. 
but um this was in the middle of the pandemic i told this story but anywho (laughs) getting back to the story i um we put together the package i remember coming home from work y'all i would have classes during the day go to my part-time job in the evening come home i would work around the clock trying to get together her press kit and try to quiz her I'm like okay well they're going to ask you these questions you got to be ready for these questions that may come up like i really was doing the thing right preparing her prepping her for this and so when we went out of everybody in that room we had our stuff together so much that the anr came up to us and he was just like i want to work with you guys and we're like what you know because we were kids at the time and then he was like yeah because you guys got your stuff together i like her voice and the rest is history like i said she got asked to come to new york um she got went up to new york um talent spoke for itself she was able to compete and she got the um part of being able to open for the essence music festival in new orleans which landed her working with warren campbell and um he did a song for her and that song got on the radio and yep um that my roommate was greta prince so you can look her up her single and it taught me a lot about myself at that time because i took a chance i took a chance on Not only her, but I took a chance on myself and I said, I really believe in this person, but I really want to give the music industry a shot. And so I said, let me try because I've worked with so many of the local artists around the way. Like there was to the real, to the realness. (laughs) I work with them. They were trying to put together their, um, recording, um, recording label and you know i learned a lot from them guys you know they were into more the rap and then there was another friend um out based out of charleston who was trying to get his uh, some guys put on out of charleston josh so shout out to josh i worked with him and some of his groups um just the pr side of things trying to help them on the pr and trying to help you know and those guys were hungry and they were ready and so it was fun so i kind of find my element outside of other things that existed on campus like you know like you hang out with people the girls that I was hanging around with we all had different majors so no one kind of really understood what Tanya was doing and I'm making it about me but it's my podcast (laughs) um a lot of times the girls that I hung out with they didn't understand what I was doing they didn't understand what my major consists of they didn't understand the complexities they were education majors so they were always in the education field and so most of them were education majors so they hung out you know they knew you know they they could hang out more with each other they were a tribe is what i'm trying to say they were their own tribe and so here i am the one person who's not in the education field hanging out with them you know and so i'm trying to make my major fit and also make it make sense to them but at the same time it never was about that i never like put it as a focal point or anything like that i just kind of did what i did i went to classes i remember one time i had for my broadcasting class we had to write like seven drafts of a news story angle or different angles and i was in my room right there like what are you doing your work is different from our work and you know that was a funny moment though and I was trying to explain to them I was like man this is taking forever and so I had to leave the room and go to the computer lab just so I can kind of like focus a little bit you know and and they watched me go through that and I think that was the first time they were like oh yeah your major is different different you you y'all different over there but I say that because we go back to aligning yourself to aligning yourself with people who value and honor the light that you carry you know when i did those creative projects those creative projects had nothing to do with my course curricular work they were outside of course curricular work so they were things that i picked up that are projects i wanted to work on on my own working you know helping my roommate who was a music um major 
helping her and helping these, you know, the other guys with their projects and what they're doing, those were things that gravitated towards Tanya and my love for music. And, um, <laughs> sorry, y'all, nostalgic. But, um, I'm thankful for those because. I felt like I could be myself in those arenas. I felt like what I carried mattered. I felt like, oh, you understand me. Oh my God, you get you get it. Like we talk in the same language. Even though I can articulate that now, I didn't understand what that meant for me back then. I was finding my lane. I was finding my kind of like tribe outside of the tribe that I might have been coexisting in. <laughs> you know, um, sorry, y'all. And it's hard because we live in a world, and I was just talking to a, a guy who's 18 years old, and I was talking to another guy who's 25 just recently, and we were talking about life, and that's why this important, this episode to me is so important. Um, one is just starting off at 18 and I remember what it was like being 18 and he's having the decision to make, like, do I go to college or do I work and delay college just a little bit? Like that's literally what he's trying to navigate. And I'm teaching him my life experience, the not, I'm not giving him the good. I'm giving him the bad and good. I'm like, well, this is what I wish I knew then that I didn't know. Like we've been having those type of conversations and he told me. Just a few days ago, and I didn't even understand it. Uh, don't cry, Tanya. He said, I appreciate you. And I look forward to our conversations because you didn't have to take the time to do that. And I'm learning so much from your journey. And I didn't know and that was not. <laughs> that wasn't the intentions. I just saw someone starting out who had questions and I just felt like what I would do if I had my own child, you know, like, or, you know, a sibling that age is I want to set them up for success in this world. And there were things that I didn't know that I wish I'd known. And we had a recent conversation about even peer pressure. Okay, peer pressure. And he felt comfortable enough to talk to me about it. And I'm like, wow. And um, and I think about how this show started when I first started doing this podcast and we talked about legacy and me and my co-host came on and we talked about peer pressure. Um, and he gave you his rundown on the episode of Church Hurt of like how his life was impacted by peer pressure. And then I gave you my version you know, a peer pressure. One thing about me was I never was one who gravitated into the the pool of peer pressure. I always had my own mind. I always marched to the beat of my own drum when it comes to stuff like that. But some people aren't as strong in that area. And it is easy to get caught up in the hype of it, especially when so, what so much is going on. It's so easy to get caught up in the crowd and what everybody else is doing and part of life's challenge is learning how to own that light you carry and stay in your lane and making sure how you don't get off course that's the trick with life too is how to stay the course of what it is that aligns with what you want for your life and not get off course And um, I'm not going to tell his business, but he told me about things that, you know, like he might have did and, and things. And, you know, it's like, but I only did this once. I did this. I tried this. Have you ever did this? I'm like, no. <laughs> things that he tried, I never tried. And he was shocked. And he was like, you're about to be 41. You never, ever in your life. I said, no, I never, ever did. I never tried that. And I and I explained it. I see. Said, well, why is it? I said, you curious. I said, I never even been curious about it. Honestly, the thing about it is, 
I just know how to have fun without that. I know I get high off of life and different things. I'm not saying that's what he was doing. But I just get, you know, my thrill of life comes from different things in a different way. And I know one of my life's missions always was when I reached the age of 40, I wanted to be young and vibrant. I didn't want to be one of the ones saying, oh, I'm old and I'm tired. Life is just uh, feeling like life was over. I knew that for sure, for sure. And and partly because of when I was growing up, I, I subscribed, my household did, subscribed to Essence Magazine. And I remember seeing those issues that would come out of women talking about what they did to keep themselves up like women who were 70 who didn't look 70 and women who were 60 who didn't look 60 and you know and things of that magnitude and I said that was something I wanted to strive for at an early age I knew that I said I'm going to to make that so when I say turning 42 I'm celebrating that too because I'm looking back and and we were talking about that and um it led to a conversation somebody heard the gentleman and I speaking and more people came into the conversation and we literally had a whole blown conversation with some people in this and people started asking me how is it you are 40 and you don't look your age and I started telling them about how I live my life things of course you know drinking my water is the the key but um I started telling them about my mindset my behavior patterns to help reinforce that to make sure that was a thing and um and I told him you know like early on when I was 18 I always looked 12 I never looked my age and so I didn't like that then you know I wanted to look 18 my age but then it played it for me and as I started to look at life differently I said well shoot the older I got it worked in my benefit in my favor that I didn't look my age and um I said, that's something to be proud of and that's something to strive towards. And then, you know, how I was brought up and watching those issues in essence, well, reading those issues in essence. So I'm like, yeah, let's go for the goal. And so when I look at myself today and I'm like, damn, Tanya, you made that milestone for yourself. Look at you here. And I feel so youthful and I feel so vibrant and everything that I spoke, keyword, spoke over my life. Is coming into path with and, and in alignment with that. So I go back to peer pressure. As I start telling him stories about how, you know, like I see people today sometimes you know like there are people who don't look their age and this is no shade or anything to people because of the decisions that they made when you make certain decisions you you age yourself you look harsher in the face you know there are some people that got caught up in peer pressure and you know trying to be down with the crowd and then they made a decision that wasn't so good for their greatest good and you know in one way to say it and they ended up going down a path that was off alignment to what they wanted for themselves trying to keep up with the pack you know and I asked him I said what is it that you want for your life where do you see your life heading like what are some of your goals and he told me and I told him I said okay you always keep that goal at your forefront so anything that's not in alignment with your goal don't journey down that path. That's how you make those decisions. And it's I, I know peer pressure can be hard and you just want to, people think you're not having fun. What's, so I asked him, what does fun look like to you? It's not what fun looks like to them, but what does fun look like to you? Because I went to parties in college. I, I still had a ball. I might not have been the one like sloppy drunk, <laughs> but I still had a ball. And I'm still here to tell the story. And then he told me about how certain things made him feel after, you know, like you try things and you find out you don't like it. And I'm like, well, remember that feeling. Remember how it made you feel and you don't want to feel that way no more. Is that making you want to try again? Like, he's like, nah, not at all. I definitely don't. So I'm like, keep on to that. But I also have to remind him that you guys are in an era 
and again, I'm talking to someone who's 18, you're in an era where it's different. When when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, they had drugs out there. They had crack. They had all that, you know, cocaine and different things. This fentanyl is something totally, totally different. And it's easy for someone to slip and put that into, you know, like something you're taking. So you got to be very, very careful of your associations and who you take things from and you know just keep your eye appealed if you're not sure about something don't accept it you know like just giving him feedback as a big sister as I would to a brother or you know or, or to a sister or, or a friend or anyone how to take care of yourself because a lot of ch- kids excuse me aren't making it past 21 and 22 because they're in this adult world trying to make adult decisions and they're not equipped with all the tools to do so to make the right decisions. And some adults are making wrong decisions because of pressure. They're at that age where life is life and life and life and right. And so they have the, the adult pressures on them. And when you have adult pressures on you, you sometimes don't make the the right decisions sometimes. Because you're just trying to alleviate pain, depression, emotions, stress, worry, all these things. And they're not helping for your greatest good. So I was very shocked (laughs) to have this conversation with um, this young gentleman. But I'm looking at my life and I'm I'm at 40 and I'm grateful that I can do that. And I'm grateful that I was able to be that, even if it's just for that one person, you know, to help them. And um, he has a bright future ahead of him. Very smart. Still, you know, I see the kid in him just trying to figure this thing out. And, you know, he's he's got questions and he's nervous, too, just like all of us was when we were first starting out. I didn't know it all. And I didn't think I knew it all. I, I wanted to stay a kid as long as I could. I wanted to ride my mom's and dad's insurance till the wheels fall off, okay? I wasn't in a hurry to get my own insurance policy. I was driving my own car, but I wasn't in a hurry to get out their insurance, okay? When they extended the insurance and say, hey, you can stay on until I think it was like, what, 23, something something like that? Oh, yeah, we're staying on that, okay? (laughs) But, you know, everybody's life story is different. You know, and some people are, are forced into adulthood a lot sooner than others and, you know, different We have different journeys, basically. So now let's flash forward a little bit. I think for me, the misalignment happened after college. You know, like, I don't know, and college. I would say college. (laughs) The misalignment started to take place in in college just a little bit. I would definitely say this. My core being, the core of who I hang out with, we were all in different phases. Like, I hung out with people who were education majors, and my major was in the communications department. You know, I was over there with the marketing, and I was over there with broadcasting. Because I started off as a broadcasting major and switched up. So, for me... To find my tribe, I took projects on, like personal projects. So I would help a lot of the upcoming artists around um, campus sometimes. Like my roommate was a music major. And I would always get involved and I would be like, hey, girl, you know, like, oh, you should do this for your show. And then like when she wanted to wear something, I would always put my input in on her like gowns and dresses. She was classically trained, which I thought was so dope and unique in its own because she loved art. You know, she loved R&B. She loved regular music just like me. And, you know, we can talk about different type of musics, but she was classically trained. And I was like, that's different. So you going into something totally different. 
And I always wanted to try to figure out what did she want to do with that exactly, the, the classically trained part. Because I would go to her recitals, and she sound beautiful. And um, one year, I purchased a ticket for her to go to ASCAP. And I said, okay, I believe in you. Let's go to ASCAP so you can learn as much about this industry as you can. And I put together a press kit for her, you know, being a PR major at the time. I was like, let's put together a press kit. I got her a picture in there. I headshot. I got her music. We put up a bio, frequent course action. We did the whole thing, okay? And then we brought along another friend who acted as a standing manager. We got dressed up. I put on my red dress. <laughs> that was my power color back in the day. And we went to work. There was an A&R there who came up to us and he was like, I want to work with you guys. You guys are the most packaged here. You guys got yourself together. Let's work. She got flown out to New York. She got to go into this competition and she won and got to open up for the Essence Music Festival in New Orleans. And from there, she got to work with Warren Campbell and he wrote a song for her and it got put on the radio and her name is Greta. And I was shocked because, not about that, I was shocked because I took a chance. When Me taking a chance on her was me taking a chance on me because I always wanted to work in the music industry. And growing up, I knew, I said, oh, I either want to do A&R or maybe I want to be a music video director. It's somewhere along those lines because I always wanted to help bring the creatives and the image imagery behind the artist's work to life. And so... When she was able to get to the Essence Festival off of just purchasing a ticket, displaying her talent in a way that got the attention, and I saw how far she was able to go, I said, I can do this. And it was something that I needed to see also for myself because I'm like, I, Tanya, you can do this. You can do this. And I was so shocked. The campus was so happy for her. Meanwhile, the campus didn't know I did this right. They didn't know that I was behind this <laughs> at the time. Everybody saw that she went to New Orleans and you went to the Essence Music Festival and then her sorority got behind her and they went and supported her and, you know, and everybody. The whole clue, time, nobody knew it was I who was behind it. <laughs> Who, who executed and saw something in her and, and took a shot on her and, and and just say, hey, girl, let me gift this to you for your birthday. And that's what I did on her birthday. I bought that ticket and let's go. And the rest was history. You know, um, then on campus, I got involved with, there was a rap group. That were trying to get together to the realness. They were trying to get together their record company label. And I was, you know, talk to them a lot and hang out with them a lot and learned a lot. And then there was Josh, who's on the radio up here now. But Josh was from Charleston. And then he switched majors and got into broadcasting. And then he was trying to help his um, rap artists back home in Charleston get on. And I was helping them with their press kits at the time. And so I had these little mini projects outside of my curricular work. Meanwhile, I was hanging with girls who were education majors outside of what I knew. So they never knew what, they didn't understand quite what Tanya was about. And I'm not saying it in a mean way or anything like that. So like that question, I was like, well, I don't know what Tanya do. I don't know. And it kind of got a little aggravating, I will say, for me to always feel like people never really understood what I was about. Not that I was trying to make them understand because it never came up for me. I never sit here and be like, let me explain to you what I'm about. It's not. The question always came from them like, well, I don't understand. I don't know what she's doing. I didn't understand. I didn't have a problem answering it, but it goes back to alignment. I didn't realize at the time because like they were a tribe of their own. They were all education majors. So they, that's their tribe, what they do. I was needed to find my tribe. So I guess outside of classes, when I took on these extra projects for myself, when, you know, I would come from class and work with people who were in the creative field, that creative mindset, it was my heart searching for my tribe. But I didn't know that then. I was young, y'all. <laughs> but, um, wow. <laughs> 
So it's beautiful. To say the least. Um, then, because I don't have much time, I got to jump into the next thing. But I just think that's so unique how it came together. You know, like even then how this all works, like finding your tribe is so essential and important to you because there was a part of me that needed to come out, that creative part. I did that for Greta because my creativity needed a place to land. And me coming home from work, like literally I would go to class all day. I would work at night off campus, come home and work on her project that I created for myself. And I, I would spend all night on that project. Why? Because it was something that I love. It was in alignment with my creativity and who I was. And my soul was just yearning for it. Flash forward to my 30s. Okay. 36. 36 was that age that I wasn't anticipating. 36, a lot of things just kind of crash at that age. Um, There's this thing called Saturn's return, if you're not familiar with it. Saturn's return will come into your life and it will shake some stuff up, turn some things upside down, sideways, smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. Okay, Simon's playing. But um, it's basically to help you get your life back into alignment. So I took a job in corporate. I did a fabulous job in that corporate position. And I was working in a male-dominated industry, doing my thing, you know. And and while I was working, I was going to school, becoming an image consultant at the same time. And I was flying back and forth to New York, living my dream on the fashion part of things. But... Even though I had successes in that industry and I did very well in corporate America, it was not in alignment with whom I was. I was in a completely different industry. I was in the tire industry and and that ain't got nothing to do with fashion and, and music and media or, you know, like the things that are in alignment with me. Something happened that shook everything up with that job. And, um, of course, we don't want things like that to happen, but, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, what I went through. It was a horrible experience, um, coming to the end of it. And, you know, I was like, shock, never thought I in life would have to ever go through anything like that. And I did. And then on top of that, I lose my friend. Like, when I'm in the middle of a fight and battle, I lose my friend. And so I felt like the world itself had just crashed on me. And I took these past few years, from 36 through the age of 40, it was me on a hunt to rediscover and find myself. I had to figure out where in life I had gotten off course, where in life I had gotten off path, were things in alignment with my greatest good? Was I happy? Was the things I'm doing and pursuing bringing me the ultimate fulfillment of joy and happiness? I had to figure out what did I want the next few years of my life to look like? What did I want my 40s to be set up like? So it took that time span of me cutting things out that weren't in alignment with my future and the things that I wanted it took reinventing myself because although I was in a career I had a career that career was not in alignment so I had to make some tough decisions in order to reroute and pivot myself to get back into alignment with what mattered and to me and the goals I had And sometimes we take on things, we take on positions and stuff because we're all living life out here and you got to survive and you got to thrive, right? But even though I was excelling there, sometimes you can get so caught up and I should have gave myself an expiration date and be like, hey, girl. And kind of I did because it was cool. I was going to school and also that job served another purpose while I was getting back on my feet after the fire. So it was like, I'm here getting back to me after such a a traumatic time losing my home in a fire and I'm just working towards my passion I had that passion of fashion and it was driving me and it was helping me and it was like okay I work here and I get to still do this and I was happy 
But, you know, like, when you start excelling at things and everybody ain't happy, everybody ain't happy for you when they see things. And then when you carry a certain light and people gravitate towards your light and people are like, oh, well, she's the nice one or she's like this or, you know, like, yeah, she's a cool one. And when someone don't see that for themselves or it's not in there, they want to pick a fight or it becomes a fight. And it's more of an internal battle of what they're dealing with in themselves. And your light is really exposing darkness within themselves or things that areas that they may need to work on that they may not be ready to work on and and instead of working inward on it they project outward and you become a target i hope my story is making sense now to y'all i know i've told this in bits and pieces because i think as i was healing throughout this past five years certain things would come up at different intervals of times i might talk about this i might talk about that and it and it led for judgment because people are like well she not this or she this or she this and this and people didn't understand that I was in a healing cycle of my own so often people are used to coming to me for the answers and it was a season where I had to take a step back and find answers within for myself for where I wanted to go next in my life and all I was asking for it was like just give me a moment can I can I just have that moment of I just don't know right now. I, I'm trying to figure it out. I might want to do this. I might want to do that. It's kind of like, and this just dawned on me, Beyonce creating that album for. And I remember specifically, she's saying she had a conversation with her mother about taking some time off to live her life. And her mom said, you have all the success, but if you don't sit down and live your life, life is going to pass you by, kind of like in a sense. And I feel like when she created four, she might have been in that same space that I was in at 36 through 40 span. It's like I had done so much. There are things about me people don't know, like good things. You know, like I've always been a hard worker. Um, People who know me know like, yeah, Tony, you you couldn't. Honey. I always worked every weekend I was working all this is I was always working I couldn't do a lot of things because I was always you know like working and doing different things so that time sitting down actually gave me time to live my life in a sense it was the first time where I could get up not stress it's the first time and not stressing where I had to be next it was the first time where I could just get up and just be like oh what do I want my day to be like and it's not under somebody else's schedule and it felt freeing Woo, can we talk about that? The best thing you can do sometimes is to set yourself free so that you can rediscover you. And that's what those last five years of my life have been like. I didn't expect it to be that long, but I learned a valuable lesson even with that. That it's not my timing, it's God's timing. And, and God is the orchestra of my life and my journey and my story. And if God says sit, sit. And sometimes God will shake up your world so you can sit sometimes because he needs to get your attention. And I, I wasn't in alignment and God knew that. And God said, well, I need you to sit, <laughs> okay, so I can get you back on course or take you where you want to go. Because when my friend passed, I felt so lost because that was a huge chunk of my life. Not only that. I didn't understand what life meant without my friend. And then I was like, what does this mean? Now I'm used to seeing your face or, you know, I'm used to, I could pick up the phone or I'm used to this. And I'm like, what in the world? What do you mean you're gone? What does that mean? What does that look like? Like, you know, the shock of it all was weighing so heavenly and something we don't never hardly talk about. And so I started talking through my pain on the mic because I was like, I don't understand and there were people I was asking for help from. And then there's people who like, well, I've, I've experienced this. Oh, really? How did you get over it? Help me. And then no one could give me an answer. And I'm like, well, why are you even telling me this if you don't even have an answer for me? You know, like I felt like that. And so it made me be more seclusive because I'm like, I'm tired of everybody sitting up here talking about they understand. But then when you ask for a resolution... I wasn't getting a resolution. So I was like, what, what, what is this? Do we just want to share pain? Like, I don't understand. 
I'm looking for help right now. I sis is stuck right now. Like it was so much going on. And so um I remember someone even telling me as I look back, somebody was like, Don't get stuck in the grief. Oh, really? Okay. I hear you. What does that mean? Can you help me? Like, and that person didn't have an answer either. And so as I look back, the heal me. I would definitely say I got stuck in the grief for a little bit because I didn't have anyone to help me to navigate that and really understand what does that mean not to get stuck in the grief part. But I'm proud of myself that I was able to pull myself up out of that. I'm proud of myself that I'm smart enough to know how, even though those people couldn't help me, to try to keep seeking help where I could get it. Yeah, I went to counseling. Yeah, I had to do this. You know, whatever it is to try to get back to me. So these last five years have been a whirlwind. And some of you may be there now. And some of you may get there. And you know, um, sometimes you can be down for a year or whatever. But I was down for like five years just for God to shake some things up to get me back in alignment. I went through my Saturn's return. Like, again, Saturn's return will come in and shake everything up to get you in alignment to cut out what's not what's what you don't need. And you're left with what you need so that you can proceed because we're all we're birthed here to do something and, and have a certain purpose. So when you get off alignment, I'm grateful that God loves me enough to say, let me shake it up because I got to get you back in alignment because I put you here for a purpose to be fulfilled and only you can fulfill that purpose. And right now you're so off course. I got to get you back. That's what self-discovery is about for me. We've all been through things in life. You can start off one way and you can get off course. You can get off course from many ways. I talked about peer pressure can throw you off course. Excuse me. Life troubles can throw you off course. Trauma can throw you off course. A loss. Anytime you lose someone, that can throw you off. You could have went through a divorce and that could have thrown you off. A marriage or, you know, anything. But... Sometimes we get stuck in the situations and the beauty of it is understanding your story and understanding how to navigate and understanding alignment and all these beautiful things that intertwine to make it so that you can either discover yourself if you never knew or rediscover yourself or reinvent yourself. So this new beginning for me. Before my friend passed, I literally put on my vision board that year before he passed. I said, I wanted a new beginning. Still have that vision board. Because when he passed, I was like, this ain't the new beginning I mean. What's going on? And I kept asking for a long time, what does this new beginning mean then? What does that look like? And I remember when he passed, I kept getting vividly in dreams. Enjoy your new beginning. Keep going in the dream, like literally. And I'll be like, what do you mean? So I'm supposed to go here, here, here. What do you mean? Like it, it just didn't. And it didn't dawn on me until now. I want to share everything. But that's the reason why 41 is so important to me. And that number one is starting over. And I feel like I finally understand what that new beginning means. And I'm in alignment now. And now... The road is clear for me to journey now and go where I need to go and do what I need to do. I hate that certain things happen to get there, but, you know, they were needed. You know? And I know there's this people, there's people out there who's like, well, since the beginning of the pandemic, well, we want to see your talent. Well, we want to see what you have to offer. Well, we want to see who you are. And I had a conversation about that recently. 
with someone who saw me go through all of this. And we had that conversation. And I say, you know what? There's so many people out here. It's I'm in a, a, a odd spot because so many people found me during a, a resting phase. where A phase where God was trying to sit me down. And even though I was talking about it, they didn't understand. And I didn't even understand quietly what God was putting me through. But I understand it now. But there's these people who feel like... You ever feel like you people have so many expectations on you that you feel like making it feel like you fell down because they in need of something and not (sighs) I don't have enough time to really go into it like that but it, it has to do with expectations we'll just put that on the table that's why it's so important to understand the season of life that we're all are going through. I had to understand the season of life that I was in. I had to understand grief. I had to navigate it. I had to learn it. And um, all I can say, because it's going to cut me off, and I want to make sure I say this. Looking back, I am so grateful I am where I am now to finally be able to show up as myself with my talents and do the things that I love but I feel like God wasn't gonna let me do that until I got back into alignment some things had to be cut I had he had to he had to deal with me spiritually emotionally and all these things and I you know and you know you look at opinions people have about you she's so this and so self-reflective she's so this and then this y'all I'm not in zen mode all the time I'm not sitting here like um like this I go out and I have fun but I had to sacrifice some fun to get it back into alignment too. I had to sacrifice Tanya always going out, Tanya always doing this, Tanya always being here, Tanya always being that to sit with myself long enough to get things in order where I need them to be so I can head down the path that I needed to. So I'm going to end it because it's going to cut me off and I need to say it. So I just want to say... If you still rock with me, thank you. I appreciate you. For those who don't, it's okay. Ain't no love lost. Um, I'm sharing my biggest life lessons with you because I hopefully that it helps you. I'm excited about this new beginning. Yes, I'm calling 41 my new beginning because it is. We are at one. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get back to the things that I love, my passions, to finally launch things and just do what I was set here to do in earth, not only just about my wants, but the wants that God is trying to birth through me in different ways. So I'm going to end it there. No official ending on this one. But I'll see you guys. And enjoy your week. And shout out to all the Pisces. Happy birthday to all the Pisces, okay? Okay.